hello, and welcome to Girls Gone Canon Reads A Song of Ice and Fire, episode 193, Arya One in a Game of Thrones. I am one of your hosts, Chloe. And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. And yes, I will make this joke maybe even every week, who knows, but are you ready? Oh, I, I, Captain. <laughs> I can't hear you. I know, Captain. Um, Wow, we're here at the beginning of something new, something beautiful with Arya Stark. I actually, it's really weird to think that we're here because, you know, we did Sansa very early on in our career, I would say. And we knew that to balance it, we couldn't just have Arya next. And that's why we talked a lot about Arya. There's some little hints for you secret diggers out there on the POV reveals, right? There aren't because... any secret hints. Well, this is a secret hint, though, like, because analysis-wise, like, especially sure, Sansa sure. and Arya, I, I knew I could pepper it on fucking heavy because Arya wasn't going to be until eight years later, right? That's kind of, that. that was my thought at the time, that we could have Arya with Sansa and not miss Arya for so long. That is true. And yeah, part of why we didn't do Arya right after Sansa, besides the fact that we thought, I don't know, A, we don't want to compare the sisters to one another like that. <laughs> you, well, we'll obviously yeah. compare them a little just because that's how the, the chapters are set up. But honestly, you know, on a meta level, especially when we were, you know, this is some behind the scenes now that we're five years into this at our wood anniversary. Tomorrow is actually the 12th anniversary of the release of A Dance with Dragons. Not to, you know. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyways, we wanted to make sure that people got a taste of, like, what this sort of order was going to be like. So we did a couple of shorter POVs right up there at the front. Sansa was, Yeah, that I was think, also a hint. <laughs> yeah, one of our first long ones. But since then, like, that hasn't stopped us from putting long ones next to each other. But at the beginning, um, we didn't want to put two such long POVs right next to each other. I mean, I think everyone knows what's left, which yeah. are mostly long ones, except for a couple of short ones. So with that in mind, not a lot of remixing can be done. Yeah, you know? I guess that Try to part, figure it out. Good luck. Part of it is because those big ones like do go together, a lot of them, but also part of it was just like... I mean, it is saving some of the best for later, but it was also, uh, you know, when you put things off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> procrastination yeah. for years so. it's educated procrastination oh putting something off for years oh 12 12 years even we could we could put it off for 12 years if we tried hard enough i'm gonna be honest with some of these big hitters we're gonna be an aria for over a year maybe we'll combine you know this month for example it's july and 23 if you're listening as this airs or in history or in the future wherever you are wherever you are in time and space listening to Girls Gone Canon. Uh, we are skipping Sailor Moon this month, and we are actually going to do an Arya episode at the end of the month for that last Friday, because there's a lot of Arya episodes. We might double up here and there or do a couple of episodes. We could go the opposite direction and split them up and yeah, stretch might, it out even longer. You know, some podcasts like to do that. Maybe they do four parts on one Arya chapter. You we know, Maybe someone that. should do that. We, it could be us. We actually literally could, probably. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> Chaos. Is not to like feast, dance. <laughs> the wind's a winner. Uh, yeah. And hey, we have a we have a wins episode to do again, right? We have Mercy in the wins a winner that'll be on Patreon sometime uh, in the next year and a half. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one, patrons. 
That's true. That is, I think, our only, yeah, our only Arya wins chapter. That's out now. <laughs> That's a wild one. You haven't read that one, right? No, I have. have. You have. I have okay, read good. that one. I'm sorry, I'm a bad girlfriend. No, I think the so because Mercy came out. I don't think I really read the ones that came out before I started really getting into the books and stuff. If that makes any mm-hmm. sense. And I think Mercy yeah. came out when I was like already kind of involved, and I was like, obviously, I'm not gonna not read it when everyone's talking about it. Uh, it was that I'm like, what are some of the top big releases that the Elaine chapter when season five was bad? Um, <laughs> that was a great drop. That one right there was ooh sizzle. The other one that I also think lit the fandom up was the drop of Jaharis and Alisan or Alisan, sorry, at the wall. With oh, that fire one. and blood. I was that was another again. good drop. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the Forsaken, but which we did last yeah. month in June for our Patreon episode. Because you know, if you are a patron of ours in that Stranger tier and above, you get bonus episodes, baby. Bonus episodes. Yeah, this month also in honor of these Aria episodes, we and also summer. You know, summer vacation. We're going road tripping. We're actually not, but Chloe has done that <laughs> recently. <laughs> My stuff's going road tripping. <laughs> yeah, cross country, cross country cubing it. Yeah. We, we've we done a little traveling this summer, this year for some of us, one of us, and uh, maybe there's some traveling to come for us, but we're going to talk about everything road trip, right? It's going to be a casual discussion. We'll talk about Arya. She goes on a pretty crazy road trip and we'll chat about the Arya episodes, maybe some behind the scenes info on how our episodes are going and uh, road trips and media, right? Like, I don't know. I like the idea of these great journeys being taken, these mystical journeys and magical journeys, reading the Grisha verse. And there's a lot of journeying mm. around in that. Lots of, uh, you know, like Avatar or Korra, fun stuff happening there. We'll, we'll chat all things road trip. I mean, as you prepare for your road trip, I'm not going you on can a road listen trip. to ours. Everyone is. Everyone's <laughs> going, maybe you're going on a sky trip. Maybe not a road trip, but a sky trip. Yeah. And I a mean, big jet plane. The travelogue is, you know, a long, long, long tradition of storytelling. And there's a new, I haven't seen it yet, and I think it's a road trip movie. I've only seen the trailers, I don't want to see too much, of Joyride. That seems really mm-hmm. cute. Um, That came out this month with our girl, our girl Ashley Park, whom we love from... I mean, I guess you've watched, what, the Mean Girls musical. I have not. Yes, and Amelie, right? Isn't she an Amelie? Oh, and yeah, yeah. That- Stephanie Shu from Everything Everywhere All at Once is also in it. Um, so yeah, Ashley Park also from Emily in Paris. Amelie in Paris. Oh, that's what you were trying to say with Amelie. I get it sorry. now. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I mispronounced it. It's Amelis in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. It's coming uh. back soon. I heard, hold on. You watched it. I made you watch that. I'm so sorry. I heard that it was based on a fan fiction or something. Oh, that's cool. Of something. Or it was a, I can't remember what I heard, but I feel like I read something recently that it was kind of like a fan work that was turned into a TV show based on something. And I can't remember what. And I have to, I have to figure it out. That might have just been a haze. That might have been a, 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 google drunk tunnel so we don't have to talk about that but someday i'll come back to that just wait it'll come back it'll be don't delete it eliana keep it in because someday i'm coming back with this one 
All right. Maybe someone will email us and tell us. We don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they've been doing that a lot with a couple of things recently. A lot of uh, movies and shows are based off of, I think, like The Kissing Booth, right? Isn't that based off of mm-hmm. like a, not fan fiction, but you know, like fan fan yeah. fiction, but not that kind a of fan, fan fiction. Yeah, fan work. Um, yeah. So, but you know, that's interesting. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but I think fan fiction has a great place for writers to be flexing what they have and then to harvest. Like, shouldn't you be able to harvest some of the things? Yeah. I guess it's an iffy topic. I know George doesn't love it. It's an iffy little topic, but it's interesting all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the uh, the cheap, tastic E.L. James and Twilight yeah, World exactly. having spawned one another. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's our big break. Maybe the fan fiction we write on this podcast every day. Just kidding. But um, yeah. But Emily's in Paris. Speaking of, you know, by Darren Star, you started another yes. Darren Star show. The the show. The the yes. I am. I forgot that. I didn't really realize that's who did both of them. I'm not that wrapped up in it. I just want you to know I didn't really know I'm I'm taken off guard here for this. <laughs> you didn't uh, know. Yeah, Emily in Paris is also by Sex in the City creator I Darren no Starr and Younger creator. Um I did, I never finished Younger. Hmm, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and he did Melrose Place, I think. I don't know anything about that show. <laughs> I watched it when I was I think my mom watched it. Where, when does actually. it take place? What is it even about? Is it was in the nineties modern era? Uh, is it a historical fiction? No, it, it's modern, but it's in the nineties. It's from the nineties. Oh. And oh my god, I can't I don't believe know my mom watched that show. About it. I literally my mom don't. said that my gossip girl show was garbage and she watched that. Huh. Anyways. And she watched Passions and Days of Our Lives. So you know what? Wait a second. Yo, I had a dream that Gossip Girl, like the second iteration that we did an episode on came back oh my god that's so pretty little liars of it <laughs> did that happen <laughs> pretty little liars i don't know well like the killer comes back it's like a oh it's a culture joke we're a pop culture podcast we so. are actually that's what it says in our description <laughs> listen we got two last things before we get this fucking show on the road thanks for listening to us blather we're excited about this new pov i hope you enjoyed your intro <laughs> to her god <laughs> uh saturday july 22nd from 3 to 5 p.m eliana time et phone home on our discord for patrons in the thunder tier and above we're having a brunch slash happy hour where sometimes we play some discord games and have some get to know you's thunder tier and above 10 bucks and up if you're interested in the discord it's a really fun place There'll be some, some actually some touting of that at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. We have a very important message from our sponsors, from our patrons, from actually, our friends. yeah, our sponsors. <laughs> Literally, we yeah. are sponsored by our patrons. Yeah. That's actually true. It's a true fact. So um, without them, I have nothing to doom scroll on the Discord every day. They are my everything. They are my morning, my middle of the day, my night. You know, when I'm lost, I open the Discord app and I scroll, and there they all are chatting about Usually the most ridiculous things, or sometimes like really good things, like powerful things, actually always powerful, but they're powerful people. Come Uh hang out with us. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's happening. And yeah, we really opened up this Arya episode. I think we just took the long way to get to the episode, just like Arya's taking the long way back to Winterfell. But you know, sometimes different roads can lead to the same castle, Eliana. Actually, yeah. And speaking about 
the same castle. This is not a good segue. Um, I'm sorry. I thought you could do something with it. Uh, I, I no no. It, it's it's my fault, not yours. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, let I you wanted roam to talk too free. About- <laughs> you should have <laughs> raided her in. <laughs> Uh, speaking of rating people in, uh, as many of you know, I was a Reddit moderator on the R, a Song of Ice and Fire subreddit, and um, yeah, so I don't know, I just wanted to share with some people as we're revisiting the beginning of the series with the Game of Thrones, and also some of the beginning of, like, and we'll touch on this later, the things that I loved in this story with Arya's character. The the protests are order- over, I guess, because Reddit has, you know, killed our spirit and squashed us. But <laughs> I wanted to let you all know about, you know, the Reddit mod team on our Aswaf. And I don't know if any of you know, like, Chloe and I, I don't know, did you get your- st- I got my start in the fandom on Reddit. A lot of our friends did. That's where I first met some of our friends like Joe Magician, Brendan Beefish. I was a Twitter and Tumblrer that came over to Reddit, so I was right, a right. third generation redditor, you know. Yeah, and then like you know, from early on in our episodes, like Fat Walda, a bunch of other people who have been on the podcast. Loved that community. Like, there's a lot of writing and a lot of smart analysis and great discussion that goes on there. And part of that is because you know a lot of people have made tried to make sure that it's a place that people can talk and like the moderation tries to keep it you know focus on that kind of like in-depth discussion but reddit the website just like twitter because literally spez <laughs> the ceo slash founder of reddit was like you know who's doing a great job with their social media website elon musk <laughs> according to who elon musk <laughs> right oh my god was like oh we're gonna you know start like fucking over third-party apps which is what a lot of us use to try and like keep it like a vibrant place of discussion and community. So anyway, a lot of uh, moderators have been trying to protest against that, but unfortunately, you know, the corporate overlords won. But just wanted to share with you some of that news. And you can kind of check out more of that news. I know that you guys have been posting it online. Well, the Reddit mods, the old guard, their watch has ended. It was a really respectful watch. I was lucky enough to be bestowed several our A-Swap oh, yeah, awards right. in my you time. You are an award winner. I'm an award-winning our A-Swap contributor, yeah. actually. Uh, and I couldn't have done it without, you know, all the support from the mods keeping that place <laughs> not a place to be an asshole. Like, I, I mean, really, realistically, I will say it was a place that you people could have opinions and not be assholes about it. And I love Twitter. I love that there's a great a Song of Ice and Fire community on Twitter. But Twitter has turned into, like, this toxic cesspool of meanness it is very mean there you have to be very thick-skinned on the internet these days you you really do and like i know that sometimes things do get heated right within the subreddit but we try to we try to like keep it pretty clean i try to you know tell people you know like we can disagree on these ideas like just don't gotta be mean to each other about it no mudslinging just gets everyone dirty i used to like put that in my little comments (laughs) I think it is. it was a great place, and, and I mean, I got started reading theories on Tumblr and Reddit, right? I Same. got started on Twitter, and when I was on Twitter with friends and learned about theories, you got linked to them at Reddit, you got linked to them to Tumblr, uh, great communities that have been built, and I know Tumblr already had their slashing a while back with Yahoo, right? Oh, that's right? right. Yeah, they did. They were the first 2018? 17? Yeah. And I know that Tumblr never regained the same presence. I know a lot of people are still very religious in 
using Tumblr and posting to Tumblr. And I, I so commend that. I barely use mine anymore. I wish I did. I, I liked Tumblr. It was a fun format. But I feel Reddit kind of filled a lot of that void. It was, it, it had a really good run. It won't really ever be the same, but it was always a resource and it was always a place to, I mean, you could just search any theory or any character that you were interested in and read for hours from other people that love the books just like you. Yeah. And I mean, there's still like a lot of good discussion going on there. I'm sure Yeah, it'll pick back up when Winds is out. But yeah, there's some people keeping the fire alive, like M. Toodles. And like, as as you said, right? We still link a lot of theories. We cite so many theories from the subreddit still on our own podcast all the time. I might yeah, I met Emmett through it to an extent too when with his AMA. That was my first intro to Poor Quentin. Oh, I read that AMA. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like end of an era in a way. I'll still like the ASWAF Reddit, but I will admit that I'm kind of biased because my wife retired. So now that her watch is ended, we're going to live our good life. And thank God, I already have the Reddit memorized. Anything that's worth memorizing has already been in my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's been there for from, like, now to 2015. I think of myself as an emeritus, but I don't know if they do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, But yeah, thank you for letting me, everyone, talk about, you know, our early days. I mean, you know... What anniversary? What else would it be if you and I didn't oh reminisce a little this year? On uh, the 12th anniversary of A Dance with Dragons. Thanks for listening <laughs> to us for all these five wooden years, everyone. Uh, uh, we're going to jump through our tweets and note here and finish that out, get to our lightning round, and get going with Aria. First up, have to say we got a great email from our very good friend Warren. I don't know, you might have heard of him. He's kind of a celebrity on this podcast. It's been a while though. We don't get to talk about him all the time, but it's kind we of talk a about celebrity. Him a lot. Yeah, he is yeah. a celebrity. Uh and yeah, we got to meet it's him funny. this past April. Another A month. Yeah. Celebrity. He's a super Arya fan too. He's like the Arya fan. He's kind of famous for that in my opinion. He uh he's very like go Arya, go Arya. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of what he emailed us. It's a great email with some great themes about what to look out for in Arya's plot. I'm going to wait for the eventual next email though we get from him because I think <laughs> this is just one of many and I'm not trying to take them for granted. I really am That's excited true. about them. I don't want to go too hard with them yet. So Boren, thanks for sending us an email. Yeah. You guys can send one in if you want. It is girlsgonecanon, C-A-N-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, send them in. Let us know what you're doing. If you have pet photos, we love oh, yeah. the Please animal. Send. I'm gonna open. I'm gonna expand this. Another like really active channel on our Discord is our food channel. If you have good recipes, friends, please send those over too. Love a recipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might send one back. We eat so anything. get ready. Yeah. We love food. So send one in. My gosh, <laughs> and- why not? Hot pies in these chapters, you know. <laughs> oh well, there you go. There a you feast go. for feast is back on the table, baby. <laughs> It could happen. It meets back on uh, the menu, boys. Wrong series. Recently, we got a review, and I would like to bring this to the table. <laughs> Eliana got her, she got to preach for a minute about what she wanted to talk about, and it's my podcast, too. So, <laughs> recently, and I've cut this down, <laughs> I have cut this down from what I originally wrote, because I just think that this is going to be very clear-cut, but we recently got a review from someone who said that we should stop doing voices 
Because it sounds like we're trying to make fun of the people that we're being. Gasp. (laughs) So, I will consider it. I will consider stopping doing the voices. And now I would like to do our lightning round. I'm still considering. As we consider, I'll come back to that um, in a bit. Just because this person's threatening our relationship. The voices are important (laughs) to it. (laughs) But the reason she logs on every week. Kind of. This is one of those reasons too, right? The lightning round. (laughs) Let's start with the very beginning of A Game of Thrones. Prologue. Ice zombies and more. Linger. North of the Wall. Well, we did that chapter. We did. We did the prologues. Bran won. Bran learns a valuable lesson about life and deserters from the Wall. Catelyn won. Catelyn tells her husband that his father figure has died and the king moves north. Daenerys won. Oh, we haven't done this one. Across the narrow sea, Viserys hopes to wed his sister to a Dothraki Cal to regain their lost kingdom. Eddard won. We, we started with this one. Yo! <laughs> Let's go back. Back to the beginning. When the king proposes an alliance between a daughter of the north and the crown prince. John won. Bastard. Motherless. Damned. <laughs> yes. I considered, by yes. the way, and I chose against it. I'm going to keep doing the voices. Uh, you have to. Uh, if you don't, we have to get divorced. The podcast is over. <laughs> And this is oh the God. only thing holding the whole podcast together. Chloe's voice acting. I think I have a career, you know? Yeah, there's actually a lot of more opportunities for it this episode, everyone. So stay tuned while, uh, you know, we renew our vows. Catelyn 2. Catelyn's sister sends a message coded with family, duty, and honor. And Catelyn begs her husband to heed it. That throws us right on in to Arya 1 in A Game of Thrones. You've heard of Second Sons. But here's why everything sucks when you're a second daughter. We don't know this feeling. <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> We're just guessing this whole this whole chapter. <laughs> it opens with, Arya's stitches were crooked again. Her sisters, however, were perfect. Septimordain always praised her. But when asked about Arya, the hands of a blacksmith was mentioned. But today, Septimordain pays zero attention. It's Princess Marcella that everyone is cooing over. This is a great coming-of-age kind of chapter, and it's almost kind of misleading when you think about movies, like, and where Arya's going, right? You've seen movies, like, 80s movies, like Sixteen Candles, or mm. you've seen modern movies, like Lady Bird or Frances Ha. Arya's different. She's not like other girls. She doesn't fit in with her sister. She's the odd one out. She doesn't look like her family. She loves them very much, but she doesn't fit into what she sees as what they want in their perfect world and their demands on her. And immediately we have her being separated from the other girls on that very first page. She's more like a blacksmith. She's not like other girls. Easily could have gone in a bad direction, right? Like we're at other writers. It could have gone really in a different direction, but George does a really great job of letting you understand like it's actually okay she's different. Like you read this chapter and you're like, she's just a kid. She's just a kid that feels spiteful and jealous and love and loves her family and has complex feelings. And she's just a fucking kid. She's not just like some other girl. Yeah. And I mean, I guess this was a, it's, this is a trope and especially was during that time. But like, I don't think, as you said, right, it's bad. Like she, she wants to be and she's like failing 
falling short of like these sorts of expectations and honestly like when i like i said earlier started the series when i started game of thrones the tv show that this chapter is based on oh my god and and the books right aria was my favorite character like one of my favorite characters and i have different favorite characters now i'm constantly i think i think they change a lot as we keep rereading this but also like you know, though I've loved and have analyzed and written a lot about Sansa, I think that, like, I think this, my partner also says, like, I'm a lot more like Arya. Oh, yeah. As a person. And growing up, I was, I think, much more, like, gender non-conforming as a child. I was the one who was wild, getting, like, dirty, uh, eating dirt, eating sand. Um, and I was the one, like, as a child, playing in, like, roughhousing with the boys. And, like, um, I understand what it means to be, like, at turns punished for being that way and then mm -hmm. and at others you know some parents uh sometimes my parents found it charming the way that ned did but not always i think you know they my parents also didn't have the trauma of dead teenage sister in the war oh my god <laughs> uh different trauma <laughs> and but <laughs> but yeah i like really love ari's character because i do see a lot of myself in that in her character yeah because you aren't like other girls to me uh I better, better not be. Who are they? <laughs> Should I fight them? <laughs> uh, uh, what anniversary, everyone? By God. <laughs> do I have it? <laughs> do, do you have what? Wood. Oh. How much For wood you. could a woodchuck... Okay. The, the blacksmith part, though, is also interesting. Uh, that stood out to me this time, especially when tied into that sword stuff, and also her friendship with Gendry. Yeah, I was thinking- that is- I bolded it, because yeah. I was thinking about it, but I didn't care to write anything, but I'm like, maybe Eliana has something, because, like, the hands of a blacksmith. Does that mean she might forge someday, too? Hmm. That'd be really interesting. I mean, she she's really good at multi-classing, it seems. Uh, speaking in Dungeons and Dragons terms, other D and D, I know that the show has her have like a romantic, uh, relationship with Gendry, and I don't think like that's crazy to assume will happen in the books. And I know that George at like a dinner in Balticon twenty sixteen, I was not there, but he confirmed more or less that Gendry and Arya would meet again. Yeah, so. they gotta. I mean, come on, the song. The cute, beautiful song, the little fo autumn forest lass. Oh know. yeah, I was like, what song is? I mean, there's like so many songs of ice and fire. Oh. It's kind of right. I yeah. mean, maybe. I mean, love is the theme, right? At the end of the day, of music, of life, yeah, of things. I don't know that there's romance, but I don't know that there's not. You know exactly. Twelve not years. Yet. Twelve years. Um, we also, I, this stood out to me this time too. There's an irony of Septim Mordain, like being so excited about having the privilege of instructing a royal princess. And I'm about, I'm like, girl, you've been instructing two royal princesses your whole life, turns out. Yeah, we talked a lot in Bran, I think, and in John. There were a lot more of these little ho ho ironies, and especially in these first few chapters, right? Going back and individually reading them in a row, I'm seeing a lot of little things that are poking mm -hmm. out to me like that. And uh, the, the royal princes and princess comments are constantly in there. Oh, I just queen. got it with Nymeria also, because Nymeria was never a queen. Mm -hmm. She was a princess, and Arya's a princess. Oh. Yep. Uh, just hit me. Sansa is chatting happily away. She is attended by the northern mean girl clique. And when I say mean girl, they're just girls. They're annoying. 
Uh, I got bullied by the girls, too, for being not like other girls. (laughs) I did, too. I wanted to hang out with them, though. I was the opposite. I was more like Jane Poole, probably. Or no, like Beth Castle. I was just stupid and liked them. I was like, you're pretty. Tell me things. Give me your dolls. They didn't like me. I didn't fit in. I just played alone, man. I found a friend who also, she, her name was Chloe. Did you know that? She was. I'm not your first. No. (laughs) She, she and I had Hmm. sticks in the at recess and we would sword fight with them you heard it here first okay i have a type their <sighs> name's chloe <laughs> anyway so beth castle jane Poole, they're all gossiping and Arya's like what are you guys talking about include me and Aww. they get very quiet and sansa's like the prince sansa had of course sat with the prince at the feast and Arya thinks that she was stuck with the younger fat prince naturally yeah, okay, but also, like, Tom and Rocks. Tom and Rocks even in this book. I get it, though, because, like, when you're eight, you don't want to be paired up with the boy. You want a prince yeah. to look at you, too, for who That's you true. are. You know, uh, like, Brienne, in a way, I'm sure we'll talk about her this episode, but Brienne is, you know, still wants love, even though she is a fighter and is a warrior. That's a great point, and I mean, technically that maybe does also happen for Arya. There is a mm-hmm. couple of princes. Not princess, but princes, plural. Ah, princes. Story. That's true. She comes across a couple of them, mm-hmm. and a couple lords, too. Arya's got an arsenal. She's got a little harem there. She needs to settle down. She's too young. No dating till I say so, Arya. Till I get a book. Then I'll decide if you can date. Yeah, we'll talk Based about this on what in the Mercy chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the Winds of Winter, no dating. Ugh. I don't like those boys she's running around with right now. Uh, she Marin doesn't either, Trant. for what it's worth. Yes. <laughs> or, no, Raph the Sweetling there, right? It's not Marin Trant. It's like yeah, Raph, okay, season five. Yeah. What is that? Whoa. I, Crossing I mean, streams. Those, those came first, you know? <clears throat> I can't even dignify what you just said with a response. Oh my god. Uh... So, you know, bringing up Tommen, though, something I'm noticing, and it's kind of funny, maybe it's so loud to me on contrast in comparison and reading, but even in Arya 2 as well, uh, Tommen and Marcella, their personalities are really shy and sweet and calm. They don't overstep, they don't speak up or speak out too much, where Joffrey's just really annoying <laughs> and really loudmouthed and doesn't shut. Like, even in, you know, this chapter, it's just a loudmouthed motherfucker. And Tom and Marcella are really well-mannered and quiet. Like, I don't know, maybe it really goes to show. Maybe ignoring two of your three kids is the way to go. I don't know. Maybe they turn out okay if you suck. But that said, they're really well-mannered. Like, they, even in the next chapter, they're a little haughty and a little, like, you know, they're not nice to Arya in the next chapter. But why would they be? They haven't been taught to be nice to people that aren't them. I don't even remember them being that mean, um, but I guess we'll review it in the next chapter, because I don't remember it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not- they're just bratty. They're also, as Marcella says, they're children. They're supposed to be bratty. Well, and there's a lot of that in this chapter, right? Yeah. Uh, This chapter, especially the little northern girl clique, it's funny because what you and I just spoke of, of not really being in with the popular girls there, Sansa then experiences that. In King's Landing, right? Until Marjorie like, adopts yeah. her in, but she's still an outsider, so interesting for that flip for Sansa eventually that she's on the outside with the High Garden girls. Absolutely. I mean, I think 
that's the thing. Like their storylines are so intertwined. Sansa mm-hmm. and Arya's they're not like pitted against each other. In my opinion, they have these like parallel storylines. I mean, they're learning that they're gonna understand each other one day, probably. It's so beautiful. <sighs> I can't wait. I, that's one of the things that I want most, like for them to reunite. You know, you uh, might girls. say it's like a symphony or like an, an orchestra or maybe even a song. Oh, interesting. And maybe like two voices, right? Like of uh, ice and fire, anyway, but maybe so... both ice because they're Starks. <laughs> a song of sun and moon. Oh. There's a fanfic. There's a fanfic, I'm sure, hmm. already of that. Uh, Jane whispers Joffrey like Sansa. And Beth is like, he's gonna marry her. Sansa's gonna be queen. And it's like, yes, but not the way we think. (laughs) 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 Keep reading, George would say. Sansa blushes prettily. And in fact, she actually does everything prettily. Did you ever watch The Brady Bunch? No. This has been coming up a lot in my life. I don't know why. Weird. I don't think it's time. I don't know. I don't know if it holds up on rewatch now. It's a classic, though. It is a classic. But there's one of the characters has a sibling who is the older, better, funnier, cuter. Everyone loves her sibling. And when she gets mad about it, she says, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And that is a little bit of this chapter. Arya's a little bit of a Jan. Uh, she's a Jan Brady. She she is. It is interesting, and it's means. kind of great. It's this younger sibling complex, right? Like, she mm. she wants to be loved by her sibling, but she also doesn't want to be exactly like her sibling. But also, she kind of wants to go play with her sister's makeup, in a way, and be like, what's this shit? What does it do? And she wants her sister to love her, and also wants her sister to accept her for not always wanting to do those things, and for the things she wants. It's like a complicated... I was around a lot of younger siblings. One of my really best girlfriends growing up had, like, four younger siblings and it was kind of a crazy Hmm. house i was always there like in the summers i her parents would um babysit me and i we would babysit the kids really is what would happen the whole summer and sometimes we would also do summer homework for fun so that was fun it was a fun household but do you shit happens do you think that it's possible that george at all base their dynamic on the brady brunch (laughs) brady bunch not brunch sorry we we do a Brady Brunch once a month on Discord. Uh, <laughs> the Brady Bunch at all. Or, like, just that trope. Well, and, you know, he has the... He added Sansa to the family, as we've talked about, to add a little drama because things were yeah. too perfect. Because in a family with no Sansa, the boys get along with Arya. They say, Dad, come on. Let her have a sword, come Dad. Come on. With no Sansa, there is really no drama between them. Uh, no expectation. You know, I mean, look at Daisy Mormont, how she was raised that it was okay and it was actually, you know, it, it's a good thing for her to be a warrior. Um, maybe Ned could have embraced that. But with Sansa, Sansa so much wanted, and we've talked about this a long time ago in the Ned chapters and the Sansa chapters, but so much wanted, you know, she had that those courtly love dynamics and aspects going on liana had those hearts in her eyes when she saw a crown prince she loved musicians she loved harps she loved all the parts of chivalry the songs the stories and sansa does too and they make those great parts up of liana right of Arya as this little miniature warrior child and sansa with the moon in her eyes um i think that the brady bunch yeah could have had a little 
He could have thought, just like the Brady Bunch, Jan and Marsha, they fight all the time. Let's throw it together. I really? Honestly, maybe, as a person who's not watched it. Yeah. It sounds like I mean, it, it was it of its time. Yeah, and I mean... It was of its time. He's of that time. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting to consider. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to my Brady Bunch X A Song of Ice and Fire analysis. You know, we are on our 193rd yeah. A Song of Ice and Fire public episode <laughs> with over like 50 in the tank on ASWAP on Patreon. And I gotta say, you know, you, some days you hit gold, some days you don't. So take every analysis with what you get. Yeah. I'm not sure Brady what Bunch. kind of metal yet the, the Brady Bunch is, but it's it's there. It's one Best of Best analysis, 2023. Honestly. So Sansa tells Beth not to make up stories as she strokes her hair and asks what Arya thinks of the prince. Arya says, well, John thinks that Joffrey looks like a girl. And Sansa sighs and responds, poor John, he gets jealous because he's a bastard. And Arya loudly responds, uh, he's our brother. And Sansa corrects her saying, half-brother later on um, with Septimore Dane watching them and then Sansa also changes the subject saying that they were remarking on how nice it was to have the princess there and I actually think that this is a pretty good cover-up from Sansa Septimore Dane is pretty unsupportive I know our friends such as I want to say it was Wendy right like who who wrote yeah. a pretty scathing review of Septimore Dane and you know what I don't think Wendy's wrong <laughs> no bitch was not great and she also got drunk and slept at her job uh, yeah and then Sansa got harassed yeah it was pretty bad things it was are bad. bad it gets overlooked and that does go to like some of those disparities right in gender that like it's just not as important to worry about what's going on there you know with the septa like they just oh, didn't yeah. they're like good enough yeah keep I, them schooled next were they just the like... systems got it yeah, were they like, I don't know, septas are hard to come by up here in the north. We'll just do this for you, Catalan. We Hell, found, even we in found King's one. Landing. Yeah, true, true. The corruption goes deep, bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, it's failing. It's a failing infrastructure. I really think Westeros is actually in their late stage of capitalism. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're in feudalism. Everywhere. Uh, are they, though? Is feudalism really that different oh from capitalism in the end? Is the monarchy Whoa. really that different from capitalism Whoa. in the end? Wait, sorry, this is not. <laughs> Democracy and the monarchy are just high-fiving over state oh lines. Chloe. <sighs> so, Septimordain notices Arya's lack of work, unfortunately, and is like, let me see them stitches, girl. And Arya is, of course, immediately angry and wants to scream, and she's like, it's just like Sansa to attract the Septa's attention. Hmm. 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 Uh, this really stood out to me on this read-through that this is actually just a fantastic starting point for Arya's growth and arc. Because I'm going to throw it out there, not like blaming Arya, but technically it wasn't Sansa that attracted the Septa's attention. But Arya, mm -hmm. she spoke just a wee bit too loudly uh, while trying to kind of extract secrets from the conversation to join the conversation. And again, don't take that wrong, not trying to shift the blame on Arya. But I think it stands out that she doesn't have control of her voice like her volume in that way right and she's unable to weasel secrets out of people in a way that's like so different from the little girl that we see by dance um and even by the next book right like Arya is learning to be way more mindful about what she discloses to people about like herself her own opinions and 
you know, by dance, like her job, literally like part of her training is to seamlessly be able to join any conversation in order to get new intel. And she reports that back to the House of Black and White to show she's picking up those skills and, and you know, flying under the radar. And she's just come a long way from that child who's frustrated at her stitches. Absolutely. I actually have, I, I've been rereading Arya chapters, obviously. Really? this podcast that we <sighs> huh, uh, do together. Why would you do yeah. that? <laughs> and I tend to read a couple of chapters at a time. I like mm-hmm. to knock it all out at once and start take some notes and uh, cherry pick what I want to talk about, etc. Mm-hmm. But I've been, I, I was reading Arya 2 and 3, and I would even say that in these next two chapters, not just the next books, uh, in two chapters, she kind of like King's Landing becomes her boot camp, right? When you get Serial Pharrell involved. Yeah. And her first lessons with him are exhausting, right? And it's implied the way George writes it that she goes day after day and she's exhausted and her arms are, you know, after four hours of fighting, they're freaking jelly. Uh, and then chapter three is the chapter where she is sneaking out of King's Landing, trying to get the cats, trying to get Balerion, and she ends up in uh, the you know, down in the Balerian, the Dread area, the other Balerian, great connections hmm. that we'll talk about. And uh, it's like she has to be silent and be invisible in the dark. And she also loses her identity when it comes to Marcella and Tom and don't recognize her because mm. she looks all scruffy. And by the end of the book, when she escapes King's Landing with the Night's Watch, she's able to take off her face and put on this new face, quote unquote, and off with her hair. But, I mean, even within two chapters, because Arya's chapter skips so much time, right? We don't get an Arya chapter for quite a bit after this, uh, until after the Micah events, until Joffrey being an asshole. More of an asshole. Yeah, there's actually a surprisingly large amount of space between the Arya chapters in this book. Like, even, I mean, we had a pretty long lightning round just now, you know? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, she might not feel really a connection to King's Landing. We'll find out how she feels when she returns. But this was a training ground, I would say, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, her chapters also do a great job of, I think, world building as well. You know, mm-hmm. some of it, the other parts of King's Landing, while Sansa's kind of covers a lot of the dynamics within the palace and the royal family. Yeah, between Catelyn and Arya... We actually have a pretty good thing going. Catelyn, Arya, and Daenerys cover a great amount of like the entire globe. Yeah, ac- no, actually, literally. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, even this chapter just gives us it gives us a lot of sense of what the societal cultural expectations are for women. It's actually a really smartly done by George because he's not doing it through someone who can live up to it, but he's showing us what the culture is through someone who's unable to to reach it. Yes. These are the unattainable, like, little measures. Interesting to think we really, I think we talked about doing it when we decided the order, but I think we thought about doing Arya and Brienne for a minute just to highlight those, but we didn't. We moved them. (laughs) Yeah, because now here we are. (laughs) I'm remembering on our anniversary here. Mm -hmm. So Arya surrenders her work. And of course, Septimordain berates it, and Honestly. everyone's looking at her. It's so mean. It's She's so cruel. mean. <laughs> yeah, Sansa doesn't smile, but Jane is smirking. Even Marcella looks sorry for her. Arya feels tears fill her eyes, and she runs. Septimordain shouting after her. She manages a stiff bow to Marcella and runs. She tells Septimordain she needs to go shoe a horse. 
And then we have this inner monologue from Arya. It is so sad, so heartbreaking, so being seven, eight years old. I almost remember it. It was a very long time ago, but I almost remember it. It was a really long time ago. Yeah. You know, like... 75% of my life ago. Almost 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago for me, because I'm very young. You are. You are. Again, we are not Melisandre's age. (laughs) Fair maidens. Don't look at me. Don't look too closely at the ruby around my neck. It wasn't fair. Sansa had everything. Sansa was two years older. Maybe by the time Arya had been born, there had been nothing left. Often it felt that way. Sansa could sew and dance and sing. She wrote poetry. She knew how to dress. She played the high harp and the bells. Worse, she was beautiful. Sansa had gotten their mother's fine, high cheekbones and the thick auburn hair of the Tullys. Arya took after their lord father. Her hair was a lusterless brown, and her face was long and solemn. Jane used to call her Arya Horseface and Nay whenever she came near. It hurt that the one thing Arya could do better than her sister was ride a horse. Well, that and manage a household. Sansa had never had much of a head for figures. If she did marry Prince Joff, Arya hoped for his sake he had a good steward. So... Again, everyone, as only children, uh, we don't really know what it's like to be compared to a sibling in this way, which is why we're going off of the Brady Brunch. Brady Bunch. Holy shit. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> as our example. Uh, but I, I imagine George does a great job of capturing the perspective of a younger sister at a different life stage from her older sister and constantly living in her shadow. And again, I don't think it's particularly productive to compare Arya to Sansa. I do think, though, it makes sense that readers do it because Arya's storyline does it. It opens with it. Um, And again, Sansa resembles the standard that Arya has been held to her whole life, which she should aspire to as a lady. And again, really seamless, great world building here from George. And um, Arya, you know, she's kind of like Sam, right? She's like Bran after his fall, like Jon, like Brienne. Like Tyrion, a lot of the characters that we get POVs from, they're unable to meet that standard that Westeros holds them to uh, in terms of what they're supposed to be as like ideal, you know, man, ideal woman, ideal knight, chivalric, whatever. Yeah, um, because people are individuals, right? They're not cookie cutters. And, you know, Arya, she envies Sansa. Arya also admires Sansa. I think people kind of forget that part, right? Like, she doesn't hate her sister. She just can't be her because she's not supposed to you're not supposed to be your siblings and as Arya's story progresses her life becomes not one of living in Sansa's shadow but what's really interesting is how it becomes more embraced of living in the shadows in general she learns to armor herself in her difference as Tyrion tries to teach Jon in this very book even though Tyrion's not very good at it and this is also present in Sansa's storyline as she you know armors herself in courtesy right And I think later in the books, we'll see that both the sisters' skill sets are really complementary as Arya learns to wield that life within the shadows. And maybe, who knows, maybe she's managing figures for Winterfell alongside her sister. I see them coming together and really collaborating towards the end of the series. That's my, that is my, that is my dream. That is my, I, when, if I wrote a second, which would only happen if dance came out, not dance, which would only happen if Wins came out. If I wrote like a sequel to my son's essay, Dances with Wolves, it would be that her dancing partner is Arya. 
It makes perfect sense, as we'll discuss in the books later. <laughs> what? I love you. What? I just um, appreciate you very much. What, just, what did uh, I do? <laughs> and this is why they're dancing partners. End scene. Jean Cousineau. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it's really interesting what you've said about their skills and about kind of that slot they fall into in society and how they have to maneuver their way around that, right? Like Sansa learns that being a lady is a curse, just yes. like it is a blessing and a dream and something beautiful in some ways. It's also a horror and a nightmare. And Arya learns that being Arya Stark of Winterfell is maybe nice compared to, you know, the horror and nightmare that she's in. So I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of great echoes there. And there's also something with the wolves, right? Because up next, she goes and she loves on Nymeria and she thinks that there's some great, because again, it, it, like you said, it reeks of a child. Like, that's what it reeks of. This is a kid. This is a kid who just, like, loves their siblings and I remember just being annoying. I'm still really annoying, but I remember being really annoying and doing stuff for no reason and doing stuff for some reasons and being emotional. I still get emotional. I'm fucking crazy. But I was also still crazy back then, even crazier. And it that's the thing. You have to put that like shade on kids, right? So the wolf pup loved her even if no one Aww. else did. I say that shit to my cat all the time and I'm an adult. That's what um, dogs are for, you know? Yeah, pets rock. love. Yeah. Monster wolves Maybe rock. Not- yeah, some cats. <laughs> they go everywhere together. And Nymeria had yellow eyes that gleamed like golden coins in the sun and had been named for the Queen of the Rhoyne, who led her people across the narrow sea. And then she kind of thinks how Sansa named her puppy Lady. And Nymeria licks her ear and she decides with Nymeria where they're going to go to avoid her mom and Septimordain. And I love there's something kind of interesting of that, like, binary and not binary of girls shouldn't have monster wolves. (laughs) <laughs> right like that's not very ladylike so for Arya, it's a little different than for sansa sansa to get mm. that okay in society she called her lady my dog is going to be the most dignified dog out of the monster dogs that we own siblings like that is the approach that she took with it she's like because i am a lady but Arya, and interestingly and this might be like early gardening right for george but the boys call Arya's wolf named after a witch queen. Bran says, named after some witch queen. Nymeria's not really referred to as a witch yeah. ever after that. So maybe it was gardening. Maybe it was like a kid misunderstanding a story. Maybe there's a story George never came back to. But interesting that, it again, it's a witch queen because that's what they call most of the crazy women, right? Danelle Lothston, Shira, Danny, all, all the people that are like, we know, maybe not crazy. Maybe that's just like a a different yep. term for it, but she names her Nymeria, and Nymeria was a disruptor, man. She was a disruptor out there. She said, burn those ships. She said, put those men in golden fetters and send those motherfuckers to the wall. She was different. She was different. She ruled what? kind of with a little gold fist down there. Uh, she did things that women aren't supposed to do in society, and Arya was like, fuck it. We fucking ball. We name her Nymeria. You know, she went all out because she's already out of the binary of society. Who the fuck's going to judge her? And so Sansa does the right thing to do by naming her lady, right? Or, you know, being 
ever so etiquette-filled and ladylike over the name of my monster wolf. And Lady still gets killed, right? Lady dies, even though she was a part of that society. And But that's the thing, you can't like make a wolf, a monster wolf, a part of a society. Of uh, that society. Not with that attitude. Well, but you know, not that society. Not the way that the Lannisters rule that fucking house. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's why we don't trust survive. Them, they don't like dogs. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it means, right, for, like, Nymeria and Arya. I mean, it, it's interesting that that happens, and then you have the, the parallel, of course, of Sansa trying to stay in that society, and then Ned and the plans going bye-bye, womp womp womp. Like, it's, like, just the ultimate horrible punishment, and thankfully Nymeria gets away, but what that means with Arya and the endgame and... What kind of Nymerianess happens in the end of the plot is interesting. I just thought the the roles of the lady dog should be considered. Yeah, lady I mean, wolf dog. I, I like that you called out the witch queen stuff. I I kind of forgot that they called Nymeria that, and it stuck out to me on this reread. It's weird because I'm like, she ain't a witch queen. Yeah, what? and she she bucks the rules of society for like Westeros, right? That what she did was absolutely yeah. acceptable for the Roynar. Um, and yeah. and. I mean, she saved a bunch of people. She saved a whole, a whole civilization in many ways, a whole culture. Yeah. Because like she was like, we gotta run, we're gonna disappear for from where we are, uh, which is kind of what Arya does. In um, a way, yeah. As you were reading aloud the description of Nymeria's eyes, uh, the the two eyes like golden coins stood out because it's like, oh, coins, that plays a big role in Arya's storyline. I was thinking about that on the yeah. ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coin east. The coin east. Hmm. 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 And also, yeah. she even bites into coins too later on in her storyline. She's like, mm hmm. In feast. Yeah, what are we, she's like, what are we doing here with this? <laughs> Is uh, it real? Is it fake? She doesn't really know, but she's going to bite it anyway. Yeah, and then Jockin, whose path she crosses, yep. uses it to kill Pate. Mm hmm. Well, I think it means she's going to kill. Coin, Master, Littlefinger. Who? Oh, I'm just okay. kidding. No, I'm just theorizing. I was like, this well, is... who's Coin Master? Oh my God, <laughs> the like, Coin who, Master. Who the fuck is she that would be his villain about? name. His like fucking Gotham villain name. Uh, honestly, Littlefinger <sighs> you... in and of itself is actually a Gotham name. Let's be real. When you were saying that maybe Arya could like be her steward and help her with figures, I was like, what? You don't think Littlefinger is gonna stick around? Huh? D. D Never mind. No, I'm just we're, kidding. We're, I was just being sarcastic. I was, like, I was like, I don't know. Maybe you thought that that would happen. Who knows? I was like, wow, we're, no. we're always keeping things exciting, learning new things about each other. <laughs> it's like you don't even know me anymore. Uh, My apparently God. not. <laughs> keeping it exciting. So Arya lands on going down to the yard to watch the boys practice. She wants to watch Rob beat the shit out of Joffrey's dumb face. She and Nymeria run there and they find Jon on the covered bridge watching from the window. He's like, why aren't you sewing? And she's like, I want to see the fighting. <laughs> Duh. Duh. So he lets her climb up in the window with him. The younger boys are drilling, Bran and Tommen, and both of them are padded to the nines. They look round and plump, and they puff at one another with padded wooden swords while Roderick watches them. A dozen spectators watch and call out encouragement. Rob is among them. Theon is beside him with a look of wry contempt on his face. I, I just so, love the image of Tommen and Bran all padded up and Tommen being round and padded just because we get we get that again in Clash too, right? During the tourney when he's like gets up, 
He's got courage. He gets up to go face off against oh. the straw knight again. Oh, it's my little and, boy, uh, Tommen. And Sansa then gets her own little chubby outfit in the veil. They were cowards for not doing that when she's dressed up in like That's 80 right. layers. That's right. Yeah. Oh. She like talks about feeling like a chubby bear i think i'm like that's me for we real need, we need more scenes of them all padded <laughs> up and soft <sighs> Arya and john bond like they usually do uh because they're the only brunettes in the family besides ned and Arya used to wonder if she was a bastard too but john had assured her that she was not she asked why he isn't allowed in the yard and he says that bastards can't hurt princes princes can only be hurt by trueborn swords and then Arya feels embarrassed for asking So, yeah, 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 joke, joke, joke. I, I, I see what they did there, but also it's so funny how he's being so dramatic about it. Like, it's like the thing you say to a kid. He's like, oh, you know, bastards. Do-. Like, obviously the real truth is because societally it just looks bad to have the bastard down there because the queen has an issue with it because her husband cheats on her and has a lot of bastards, right? Like, there's also that. That's kind that, of part of it. That is part of it. That's true. I didn't even consider There's that. another yeah. part of it. I mean, like, societally, it's looked down upon. The other part being, like, Ned's, like, stay out of the way because of my dead sister. <laughs> uh, yes, um, uh, the snow, Ned, snow, sweating bullets. No, that was, uh, Ned was, like, before this chapter, he's, like, sweating, sweating, sweating. Um, but also, it's funny because now that A Song of Ice and Fire has unrolled, and pre A Song of Ice and Fire has unfurled in that time, too, right? We know, look at the great bastards, look at people before them that were also bastards like obviously tons of princes have been injured by bastards look at the strong boys and aemond right um there you go but like obviously it's kind of funny that the lannisters fear that too right they like that is something they wouldn't want their prince to be hit by a bastard that's kind of makes you look bad too makes them look bad oh a bastard got your prince oh yeah you know it's scornful it's we're we're bad us lot but it's also just really cute because he's being dramatic to Arya, and there's something about these chapters that's so like laden in innocence in these moments of not quite understanding things because of her maturity. Like the jokes and the actual reasons fly right over her head. Uh, it, crazy compared to Heron Hall. Even when she's at Heron Hall, she's like that's making true. lewd jokes. Now she's like been ruined. She's been fucking ruined by time and society. Uh, <laughs> but fuck? she just knows that society's named yeah, shit yeah, to yeah. be bad. She just doesn't get why. And now True. she gets to learn why over the next couple books. And that that's like you said, that childhood thing, right? You don't know why the things are bad. You're just told that they're bad. And yeah. sometimes they're not really bad, right? Like that's that's part of what uh really works with Arya's storyline and Majon's and cause she doesn't just accept the rules uh mm. on face value. Uh, no pun mm. intended. Nah, <laughs> faceless value. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's funny what you said of, yeah, uh, John's probably being kept out of the yard, too, because Ned's like, no one can see. No one can see. Uh, they're gonna know. They're gonna know. <laughs> they're, they're gonna find out. They're gonna find- I mean, they're gonna find out. And No yeah, one's gonna know. That's part of, as you said, the joke, right? As many have pointed out, the irony of bastards can't hurt princes, because turns out John is the prince. Joffrey's uh-huh. bastard. It's also weird that John's like, oh, I don't know, Joffrey's so pretty, he looks like a girl. I'm like, doesn't everyone fucking say that about John, too? Mm-hmm. That's so true, Bestie. It, that's John. another reason it would have looked bad. They would have been like, whoa, look at that guy. He's, like, way prettier and, like, way better. Which is kind of, I guess, how John thinks of Jamie too, in terms of kingship. His lips aren't even described as worms, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I so agree. sexy. 
What what <laughs> what other animal do we pick if not worms? I actually don't know. Maybe how lips... would I know they're a villain? What is he gonna do? Not give them iPhones? Maybe lips just aren't supposed to look like any other animal. Um, I also want to say I kind of feel bad for John, but I am also appreciative of him, like reassuring Arya in the past when she's like, "Oh no, John, because we look alike. Am I a bastard too?" Because obviously he's trying to tell her, like, "Oh no, you're not. You're not a bastard like me," which is makes you really sad because everyone thinks it's a super bad thing and he has to comfort her while still being like exiled for, for, by everyone i'm just like poor babes yeah it's kind of a bummer because it's like again she kids don't get it but yeah hmm. <laughs> big sad he's a sweet boy to be able to put it aside you know he gets that they're just his sisters well his cousins well anyways actually yeah cousins God. Arya is like, I should be down there. I can fight as good as Bran. And John's like, you're too skinny. You can't even lift a longsword. And he messes up her hair and he's like, did you see the prince? Did you see the prince? Uh, she sees him by the high stone wall surrounded by Lannister and Baratheon men and knights. And he nods at the arms on his surcoat, ornate embroidery, the stag and the lion. John says the Lannisters are proud. The royal sigil isn't enough for them. And Arya protests and says, The woman is important, too. John chuckled. Perhaps you should do the same thing, little sister. Wed Tully to stalk in your arms. <laughs> a wolf with a fish in its mouth. That would look silly. Besides, if a girl can't fight, why should she have a coat of arms? Girls get the arms, but not the swords. Bastards get the swords, but not the arms. I did not make the rules, little sister. <laughs> I miss them. I know. It's so sad. Ugh. When are they going to come back? It's been 12 years. Wait, no, it's been 14, no, 17. Yeah. Um, I don't want to count it. No, I think it's been more than 17, right? Cause I don't. Yeah, 90. I, 96 is when uh, this came out. Oh my god, we're going on 30 years with no John and Arya together. Anyways, I love that George kept the the sword building in his world. He kept it in mind when making Dark Sister, right? And when coming up with, like, Dark Sister being skinny and being uh, for somebody with a smaller, more petite build to be able to handle. Mm. And I think it's such great world building because you even get that with, like, lion's tooth slash paw slash whatever. It's proportion for Joffrey. It's smaller. And then, of course, when John gets long claw. It's a bastard sword. Yes. Right? So, ha ha ha, ha <laughs> a bastard sword. Longer than a long sword or a great sword. Meant to be wielded with two hands uh, and not meant to be easy. Like, they're literally made to not be easy. So, of course, like, his walk in life. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Good call-outs, good call-outs. We have another one here, too, right? With the w wolf with a fish in its mouth. I don't know if that's, like, uh. intended by George or if that's gardening, but Nymeria, the, the wolf fishing out Catelyn's body, the yeah. the fish, the Tully. Um, you called out the Arya protesting that the woman is important too, and I want to remind everyone, I will never forgive D&D &D for having Arya oh say God. other girls are stupid instead of, you know, how Arya actually is, which is the woman is important too. D&D &D did the wrong kind of, I'm not like other girls, whereas George has Arya being The like, good kind, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. 
I'm sorry. And so stupid. Shout out. Nauticast just did a great episode. I think it'll be on their Patreon. It might even be public. It's on season three of Thrones. And they brought up that other horrible moment of Osha and Mira's fake fighting and how silly it was. And that they, like, they just did not want girl bosses with their swords to have fun. They really didn't. They just like could not fathom the idea that women might actually get along or girls might get along. It's really... Motherfuckers. Show them our podcast. Look at us. We get along so great. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. But we're also complex. We argue, too. I think we discuss. We debate. I don't say we argue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can argue about that. Uh... (laughs) There's also something interesting there, too, I think, with her telling... um, Telling John that the woman is important too in regards to Joffrey's parentage. I'm reading too much into this, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, because Joffrey, right, royal bastard, as we know, uh, turns out the woman is important too, especially in John's storyline, meeting mm-hmm. his mother in her own arms, because turns out he actually gets a Stark from his mother's side, because his father is a Targaryen. I love that. Because then Cersei was like, the woman's important too, and that she fucks her brother and makes bastards. Yeah, yeah she's like only the women are important. <laughs> Take that. Uh, <laughs> so, something else about bastardy that I think is kind of funny here. Uh, oh, oh, it's funny. Do you know? I'm sorry, not that kind of funny. Interesting. 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 Funny. Haha. <laughs> no, not funny. Haha. More like funny. Not haha. Um, so Arya fears being a bastard right at the start of, I don't know, her life. Uh, same <laughs> same as how kind of like in her storyline changes, right? Sansa's storyline actually ends up, she seems a little disdainful or is like mindful of those distinctions with bastardy, but ends up becoming one as Elaine Stone in Feast and presumably wins. And Arya's storyline, though, kind of seems... I would say to follow a, the same path to bastardy, but differently in regards to her. She also gets the sword, but loses the arms as she becomes a faceless person. Mm. Yeah, that shedding of identity, mm-hmm. the secret. Interesting, because there's secret princesses stashed around the world. Yeah. And secret tunnel. You know? Yeah. Secret tunnel. Yeah. It- Makes me think of when Aegon and Viserys uh, were separated. Aegon three and Viserys oh, those. two were separated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, which Aegon and Viserys um, is she talking about? We've talked about that as Rickon and Bran, right, mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's also Sansa and Arya, in a way, too, with one Absolutely. overseas. And, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. They're complementary. So, there's also that bit, like, with Catelyn, and we'll get into a little more of that throughout Arya's plot, but her relationship with Catelyn mm. and how it may have straightened it right after seeing John treated the way he was, and also F her not embracing the more ladylike courtesies and court behaviors. You know, you get that great line way later on of when she thinks about to see her family again, she, except she doesn't. Uh, when she's about to see, sorry, God, when she's about to see them and she thinks, will my mom even want me? Like, would she even take me back? Sorry, I really didn't mean to make it this sad. We're so close to the end of the episode. We just started the Arya storyline, but it's okay. We can be sad now. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Even though it's supposed to be, like, not a a sad episode. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, so her mom that dies, 
just like the rest of her family and uh all of her trauma as i was saying Mm -hmm. but yeah like you see the way that catalan treated john and as we've talked about it was wrong that's what makes her a great character because we support women's wrongs and rights on this podcast and but not septimordane apparently (laughs) but not septimordane fuck that bitch but (laughs) aria straight up you know she she does worry, like, her mom won't want her because she isn't what her mom showed that she wanted in a child, in a female-presenting child. <laughs> like, that's, uh, it's hard. It, it's a hard society, and we see some of that, like, the the losing of the identity and everything and feeling disconnect from your family since they've all been slaughtered anyways, and what is there to lose, and where do you go when you're hunted? Um, I hope that she can, like, find some way back to her family and some sort of closure for her mother and her. I know that we're almost at the end, but it's like spurred a thought of uh, the way, because we don't see Sansa and Arya interact with Catelyn in the books. Mm-hmm. We do in the television show. That is one good thing that D&D gave us, mm-hmm. uh, seeing Sansa and Catelyn interact, but we don't in the books. And in a way, like, Catelyn Spectre, same as Ned's, like, hangs over them, right? Like, I mean, I don't think you can divorce Sansa's storyline from, you know, a guy who's still hung up on her mom trying to kind of mold her into Catelyn to Electric yes. Boogaloo, right? That's that's a great point, yes. She's being forced to live in her mother's shoes, whereas Arya's can't do that and is wondering, will she be accepted by her mother? You know, they're both kind of still chasing chasing her. Yeah. They're both chasing after that shadow of what they're supposed to be. Yeah, and I'm sure Sansa's finding as she gets older, probably like, oh, I'm not my mom. Yeah. I'm really not. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Little finger. <sighs> yeah. Out below in the yard, a shout rings out, and Tom enrolls in the dust, Bran standing over him. The men all laugh. Roderick calls out for them to stop. And he's like, well fought, well fought. And he says, Rob, Joffrey, go another round. Theon is too cool for school, unfortunately. And he's like, this is a game for fucking kids. <laughs> and jo- Joffrey is like, Rob may be a child, but I'm a prince who grows tired of swatting with play swords. I like this continuity of Joffrey's character that we get in, this, in the next book, right? He's trying so hard to seem like a man grown when... I mean, he is a child, right? And they should be doing childish shit, as Marcella reminds him. Yeah. Well, and it gives you some insight, too, to crowned princes before, right? Like, Targaryen Mm. princes, at what age they were supposed to be training for what things. And, you know, you think of how Rob in this, as we talk about here in a moment, you know, they, they go back and forth. But Rob doesn't really practice with a real sword. He's never had to. He's not supposed to be prepared for war to be attacked. That's true. Uh I do think the Stark kids are a little stunted in some of their education in that, because there's no need for them to do more. Yeah. it's. I mean, they thought it was a peacetime. That's what they fucking fought for. That's what Ned fought for. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing for Rob that he was a prodigy until, you know, shit hit the fan. Uh, and there's no need for him to have learned. That's the other thing. I mean... Ideally, there's never any need for your children to learn. Yeah. I guess Joffrey well, kind of chased uh-huh. that because of his father's war, quote-unquote father's war stories, yeah. too. 
I don't know, it's like the industrial Westerosi marriage complex and the industrial war complex, and they thrive off one another, so. Yeah, I feel like Joffrey, I don't know, I feel like Robert would be a hard father to live up to. Yeah, I could see that (laughs) in the way that Joffrey behaves. Yeah, and in the way that his dad beats him, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Fuck. Um, Yeah. Joffrey and Rob bicker back and forth, and John watches, telling Arya, Joffrey's a little shit. Also true. Joffrey wants to fight with Livesteel. Roderick's like, "Eh, we don't need that. You're gonna do blunted tourney swords. That's as far as it's going. Sandor steps forward. He's here. And he's (laughs) like, who are you to tell the prince not to have an edge on his sword? And Roderick's like, I'm training knights. They'll have steel when they're ready. The burned man looked at Rob. How old are you, boy? Fourteen. I killed a man at twelve. You can be sure it was not with a blunt sword. Arya could see Rob bristle. His pride was wounded. Sandor is powerful, yeah. Dude, he's he's picking on kids, Chloe. <laughs> he's making fun of a 14-year-old. Leave me alone, I'm having a hard life. He's being an edgelord. <laughs> edgelord Sandor Clegane. <laughs> I do I this is actually really fun in Arya's story though and for it to be in her chapter because it sets the stage I think for their relationship considering mm-hmm. like I mean yeah it's meant to be a little bit of his like very edgelord shockery that the hound has like killed a man when he was 12 uh well you know newsflash Arya's gonna one-up him by the end of this book she kills someone by age nine or at age nine. Our yeah. own little, you know, she's so precocious. Uh, and just like just like him, it's not with the blunt sword. It's with a pointy, non-blunted sword. Yeah. Also, like, it's not a cool thing. Is it? Is it? And I think Sandor and Arya both learned this in their time. That's true. Right? It's taken Sandor a little longer, but also that's just the excuse he uses in order to live his horrible life every day. It, it, it's like Barry of Westeros, you know? Oh my yeah. god, Sandor is the Barry of Westeros. He kind of is, <gasps> actually. We'll have to think about that. Actually, he literally kind of is. So Especially much just made sense to me. In those later Arya chapters in this book. Interesting. Oh, um, so Wait, 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 hold on. Random, random fact. He's 27, right? Sandor yeah. here? If you add mm-hmm. Joffrey and Rob's ages, they are 27. That's... Thank means you, Eliana. absolutely That's so nothing. Beautiful. Interesting. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Um. Yeah, I could see where George wanted to link Sandor and Arya together, possibly. Like where he was like, "Ooh, that yeah. could be fun." Here, uh, especially showing him, showcasing him in this moment in her plot. Interesting. I can't wait for those chapters with the Brotherhood. I- I'm really excited oh, for those. Yeah. You know, those are gonna gonna be good. Yeah, Nauticast did a really awesome job on it. I have to say, they had so much fun doing them, and I know they love the Brotherhood, so I will be uh, inspired by them, I'm sure. Yeah, we can split up our chapters if we want. (laughs) Four parts, baby. Yeah. Uh, Rob begs to use a real sword, but Roderick says you can do it with a tourney blade, which is true, like, you should be able to, that's like a metaphor. If you're good, you should be able to fuck him up with that. Joffrey shrugs and says, come see me when you're older, if you're not too old. The Lannister men all laugh, ha 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 ha, and Theon seizes Rob's arm to keep him away. 
Joffrey gathers his brother and leaves. I can imagine that in my head, gathering the pillowed boy. The scene ends with everyone red-faced and semi-fighting one another, and John watches them all leave. He grows still, scratches ghosts behind the ears, and tells his sister to run along to her room and deal with Septimordain's wrath. Boo, boo. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a bit of funny language there where it says something like Theon holds Rob in his iron grip, and I was like, oh, that's funny because he's ironborn. But also, I'm like, that is kind of what he does throughout the story for a little bit too. Um, so. Trivia. Um, some of this is meant to be foreshadowing for Once Upon a Time when George was pitching this book, and a lot of things have obviously changed since this. He wrote what was called the 1993 letter, is is what we all call it now because it was written in 1993. Um, and some of this is meant to kind of uh, set up the tension between Rob and Joffrey because they were actually supposed to meet in the battlefield and show that, you know, Rob was, I think, going to actually best... Joffrey there and cut off his hand a la Jamie's storyline and then I think though Rob was eventually going to die I suppose in battle like betrayed or something somehow um, as opposed to what we got which was like way more shocking and we relived that episode recently with our friends on A Thousand Eyes A Thousand Eyes in One podcast there's a couple of other shades you can still see of the 1993 letter here which we talk about every time we revisit a Game of Thrones chapters right like I think some of the John and Arya relationship weird as it is to think about like there's a moment where she like blushes or something or is embarrassed around john and i'm like is this supposed to be about like the 93 letter where they were supposed to develop romantic feelings for each other oh god that oh, no. that was a that was supposed to be a thing it was very you know yep shinji, sure was. shinji and ray i was gonna say that's so Egan rainey's and visenya of him i was thinking you know dead mom shit you know because she looks and is reminiscent of his dead mom but oh mm, that too mm -hmm. that is Electra is shit. Mm. Well, well, well. Mm -hmm. Well, well, well. Or Oedipal, actually. Not Electra. That's true. <laughs> In this circumstance, <laughs> yep. for once. Yep. <laughs> but uh, this is a feminist perspective. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's maybe steering away from that. Yeah. I don't know, though. Once you find out your cousins. I mean, you know, I mean, I think you have your first cousins and then you have your second cousins. He swerved from that, I think, to be instead of Arya. He's like, what if we did different incest and it was his aunt? Yeah, I think it's better incest at the, the end of the, the day. Aunt? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a little more removed. I think cousin's like less weird than aunt, but that's just me. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. know that this is a productive I'm not related debate. to anyone. Let's move on. Um, of course, we have a very classic passage between Arya and John to close it out. The longer you hide, the sterner the penance. You'll be sewing all through winter. When the spring thaw comes, they'll find your body with a needle still locked tight between your frozen fingers. I hate needlework. It's not fair nothing is fair he messed up her hair again and walked away from her ghost moving silently beside him nemeria started to follow too then stopped and came back when she saw Arya was not coming oh that's foreshadowing reluctantly she turned in the other direction it was worse than john had thought it wasn't septim ordain waiting in her room it was septim ordain and her mother her mother uh Busted. Very Beastie Boys, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah, they like, got fight these... for your right to party. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. You know, busted. Uh, well, you know, you got both Ari and Sansa, right? Learning that life isn't fair through the death of their father. Mm-hmm. Happens later this book. Uh, both learn that they gotta play life by a different set of rules than they thought. I think Arya comes to the lesson of it a little bit differently, right? She's already felt that things were unfair earlier on in her life, in her inability to conform. And interestingly, like, partially because she is a child, right? Like, she she has a very still black and white view of what justice should be. She she wants life to be fair in that childish way and kind of ends up learning vengeance as a proxy for justice. And I know that George just mentioned, obviously we'll get into this later that he took inspiration from child soldiers in writing Arya's character. Yeah, that is what she kind of becomes, right? As we go along, she loses a lot of that humanity. I think there's a lot of that in the books. Like, I mean, Sandor, obviously, right? That's a big part of his plot. Jamie losing his humanity. Catelyn literally losing and unlosing yeah. her humanity. John and then- being deaded. Probably refinding it, you know, because, yeah, part of Sandor and Jamie's storylines. Yeah, Beric. I mean, there's a lot of that. There, There's a lot of that. And it's interesting. I'm kind of looking at the needle quote. So obviously, this is a big talked about foreshadowing piece by fans. It is foreshadowing. George actually, back in 2001, had an exchange with a fan. And he was like, you're on your own when it comes to foreshadowing. And I'm like, aha, so it is foreshadowing, George. Uh, back in the day, when I was very young, and a lot of people, I think, when they were very young in their analysis of Song of Ice and Fire and their thoughts on it would think, you know, oh, something bad is going to happen to Arya. Oh, How no. dare. <laughs> How dare. I am no longer in that one dimension. I am on the fifth dimension. I am way above all you fools. I am playing another (laughs) game of Thrones. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's more inclusive of her whole story, right? The longer you hide, the sterner your penance. It's almost a riddle. That's her whole story. She's hiding from who she actually is. Arya Stark, she's now the girl with many names, with no names, with no face. Losing yourself and losing that humanity uh, that you speak of through vengeance or the, the, like some sort of placebo to get some sort of justice in this world. The longer you go without that humanity, the harder it is to come back. And we're seeing that quite literally when it comes to characters like the Fire Whites, like Lady Stoneheart, like Beric. Who knows how it will be for Jon when he comes back. Uh, and she's not dead yet, right? Arya Stark is not dead yet. She's not too far gone. And I think the line is more so foreshadowing her, probably painful. I'm not sure the journey will go very easily for her, but her journey back to Westeros eventually, I think that's moreover what that line is foreshadowing for her. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's a spot-on analysis of exactly, like, I think what we're going to see with her storyline. And she, we can see she's never truly given up. That's Stark identity, right? That's why she hides Needle and Needle. I'm gonna put it out there. I don't think Arya's gonna die. I disagree yeah. with that uh with that interpretation of this quote. I actually thought, and I'm sure other people have thought about this and said it, but you know, if they find her body, that's just just like the body, right? Like, I mean, obviously it could be fucking anyone. <laughs> they do find a body that is allegedly Arya Stark's, right? So it got yeah. not frozen fingers, but a frozen nose. Jane Poole. 
who... Yeah, I was gonna say, they find a couple bodies when you think about it. Exactly. That could be Arya Stark. Exactly. And I think that's part of it too, right? It's harder to come back uh, when someone else is out there pretending to be you. It's like, excuse mm-hmm. you? Excuse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stole your username. I think, uh... <laughs> How could they? How could they? Yeah, I think there's something really solid that could happen with Arya's arc. George could do something so funny and he like, could release write it? this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two different kinds of people yeah, yeah. in the world. I, Me I release think, it. You write it. I think uh they're both just different roads that lead to the same castle, what you and I said. I really would agree, Eliana, and there's nobody that I would rather be forked across the road with than you on this journey, so thank you for recording with me this evening for Aria 1. It's been a pleasure. It's been a wonderful time, Eliana. I actually did have a really fun time. Yeah. I had a fun time with you. <laughs> As referenced by the first 12 minutes of the podcast. No, it so. was like 23 minutes, Chloe. It was like 87 minutes. It was like, and it, we kept going, even into the lightning round. So... As we said, we have a little something special as we get to the end of this episode, but we do want to remind y'all where you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter still at uh, twitter.com slash girlsgonecanon. That's C-A-N-O-N. But keep your eyes peeled. Not yet ready, but here's some foreshadowing. We are working on getting a Girls Gone Canon blue sky because uh, uh, Chloe and I have made that migration, claimed our own faces over there. Yeah, we are over at Blue Sky. You can find us under, if you are a Twitterer, if you're a tweeter, and you are becoming a skeeter, that is what the posts are called. Yes, and I did want to say it for you all today. Hong Kong. It's just so Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> if you want to skeet skeet all over the timeline and you get one of them accounts, it is, I think, the same usernames as the old Twitters. Yeah. So, uh, Lies and Arbor for me. <laughs> a rhythmetric. A rhythmetric. Um, a rhythmetric. Am I supposed to put these in our uh, show notes now? At the end? Maybe we'll link them. I don't know. We'll think about I'm, I'm enjoying them. it. It's quieter. It's definitely quieter, but it's like old school Twitter vibes. Absolutely. Yeah. It reminds me of the good old days. And people are getting lots of invites. Lots of faces are showing up. So I'm having fun on Blue Sky. I'm Blue Sky all the time. It's not exactly like the old Twitter days in that I have like more characters and I'm not like on my like flip phone texting. Yeah. I'm at this cool show right now to like what? 42424 or something. So it'll go tweet. But yeah, <laughs> I'm old. Uh, I'm Catelyn Starkage. I get it. I get it, my Thank friend. You. Thank you. Uh, anyway. Well. That said, thanks for listening this week. As a reminder, as we set up top, if you have thoughts, you can always send us an email at girlsgonecanon at gmail.com. But I think these people are going to remind you about that in a sec. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said, here's a word from our friends. Thank you. From our sponsors. You can catch Girls Gone Canon on any of the following streamers. On Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, and Amazon Podcasts. You can also join us on Patreon, where if you join the Thunder tier above, you have access to a Discord and monthly happy hours and things like that. And by joining the Discord, you get access to a bunch of great channels, including but not limited to memes and shit posting channel, Fashion Hour. There are multiple channels for historic materials, A Song of Ice and Fire. There's a Pets channel, which I think is probably the most important channel of all. 
respectful thirsting because there's a channel for that. Come by, join the community. It's a lot of fun and you won't regret it. As always, I have been one of your hosts, Chloe. And I have been another one of your hosts, Eliana. We'll be back with Arya too next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Eliana. I don't know about y'all, but I'm too.